You're listening to the Sports Brothers Podcast by Sam and Brian Dostal. Everything sports, all the time. Welcome to another edition of the Sports Brothers Podcast with Sam and Brian Dostler. We have a fun-filled pack show today here on this December 30th podcast. Sam, it's our last one of 2015, so we we, we got to end the, the year 2015 with a solid podcast. That's our goal today. Brian, we do nothing but solid podcasts here. Let's be real. That's true. Let's be real. We strive to do our best. And, and we always do. And we, we try to. So, But, Sam, of course, with being December 30th, five days ago was Christmas, and six days ago was Christmas Eve. A lot of fun with spending with the family. Family here on Christmas Eve. And then we went to uh, Gary and Monica's on Christmas Day, and uh, we had a good time there. And you know what's the craziest? Shorts on Christmas Eve, shorts on Christmas Day, croquet on Christmas Day, Christmas dinner on a picnic table. Outside. Outside. We spent – it was a Christmas Day picnic, essentially. Yes. With the exception of going inside to watch a Christmas story once in a while. It's a must. It's yes. an absolute must. You have to. But, I mean, we were outside – what, we were there probably, what, five hours? Three of it? Maybe more outside? Probably more. Yeah. Three and a half? It was great. I could get used to that. Me too. We had the air conditioner on for Christmas <laughs> we Eve. We did. It was uh, – well, it was 70 degrees on – on uh, Christmas Day, are up close to a record highs here in Connecticut, and uh, 20 people in the house. It got warm. Yeah, our house. The thing with our house is there's not much room for to walk around. No. So we're all kind of jam packed in the living room when we're not eating. Thus, the reason why it got so hot, and thus the reason why we turned on the air conditioner. Which I like, though, the fact that everyone can be in the same room, though. Yeah, I know. I kind of like walking around. And well, I like that too. But it, I think you have. Uh, Everyone's closer together. Yes. Everyone's bonding together. Yes. You like that bondage? I do. I that do. Tight knit family interaction. I do. Um, I do. It's. So I went for a run Christmas day or Christmas Eve outside, and then a Christmas. You also lost to me in basketball. Christmas, Christmas night Eve run. And Christmas day. A Christmas night run at like eight o'clock. It was fifty-five degrees outside. Still, I did. I did lose to you twice. It was like the same story twice. It was like UConn basketball against Gonzaga and um, Syracuse. Syracuse and Maryland. Yep. Uh, Not so much Syracuse. They didn't fall behind huge. Whatever. Uh, And last night, you had a Central Connecticut game. I I was there. It was a close game. Not a shocker. And uh, the Blue Devils got their fourth one. Third Third one one of the season. Third one of the year. Good springboard, though, for uh, Northeast Conference play. Uh, 59-55 win. Kind of an ugly game at times. but uh, Beat Dartmouth. They did beat Dartmouth. The Big Green. Played like the little green. Should have used that one on air. Should have. Uh, that's too corny for me, though. Um, oh, it's it, that's too good for you. Too that, corny. No, you're you're too good for no, that. No, I just it's just not my style. No. Brian, a great job on the stats, though. Thank you. Added a uh, another layer to the broadcast. To as Tom Pinsons, the assistant AD over there, told me, our two listeners. So <laughs> I'm sure there was a few more. You I hope. hope. <laughs> At least three. That doesn't count. I don't think Dad even listened. He didn't listen. No. All right, so today, again, we said it's going to be a fun-filled pack show. So Chip Kelly, he got five right Eagles. We'll talk about that. The NFL playoffs, pretty much everything is locked in. 
but well, there's still a few nuts and bolts to take care of. Samov is back on the radar. Uh, Ardelius Chapman traded to the Yankees. Uh, folks, there's an update on USS, but maybe you haven't heard about it. Um, and then we'll talk about the college football playoff as Sam is more than excited for this Clemson-Oklahoma game coming up tomorrow it's night. Finally, finally, I can say tomorrow. I mean, you, you look at – well, Oklahoma, they played their last game, what, that a couple of days after Thanksgiving. Yep. So November, like, 28th, I think it was. Okay, sounds right. Um, and then, of course, you had that one another week where the Big 12 teams finished their regular season – and then you, you know, the conference champions, it's just been, it's a long wait. It's and a long and wait. And finally the wait is almost over. Almost. But don't you always find the last, like, hour you or 24 do, hours? You need to do whatever you can to keep busy before the 4 well, o'clock you know tomorrow. What? Some big-time Big East games tomorrow. That's true. What is it, Xavier and uh, Butler? Butler, yeah, on Fox At Sports noon? 1. Yep. There we go. There kills two hours, yep. two and a half hours. And if Bill Raftery's on the call, whoo, another layer to the broadcast. But still, it's always that last hour. Even if I'm watching like three to four, oh, it's going to be rough. All right, so let's talk about Chip Kelly, Sam. As the Eagles, they released him, fired him. He I've resigned. The, whatever happened? Well, he didn't resign. Well, he's gone. He's no longer the coach. Interesting in term. Yeah. He was released. I don't know. I've never seen that used before. I mean, I've seen, you know, obviously players, but, like, as a coach. But after three seasons, he's canned. He went 26-21, and 21, one playoff appearance in 2013. That's when they won the division. But they and that fell was his to, first year. And they fell to uh, the Saints in that divisional game at home. Uh, but, Sam, my take on this is going into the year, I thought Chip Kelly figured it out, meaning he got his players. And I went on a bold move and said that the Eagles were going to win the division. Obviously, I was completely wrong. They're six and nine right now, and and you didn't have to be very good to win this. Division. No, you didn't. You could, eight and eight could could win it this year. Um, but I thought with the acquisition of Demarco Murray, with uh, getting Kiko Alonso, Sam Bradford, who ran the same offense with Murray in college at Oklahoma, I thought he had some good pieces here. Kind of similar to what he had in, in, in Oregon in terms of, of, of player personnel and things like that. But, you know, when you make a bull move like this, Sam, like the Eagles, they give Kelly the, the the freedom to get players that fit his system and coach. He'll kind of be the general manager and the head coach at the same time. It's it's either a big hit or a big miss, and it, seemed, and it turned out to be a big miss. It, historically, it seems to be more of a big miss. Um Another guy who has full control right now in sports, Doc Rivers, not doing so hot since he got full control. Stan uh, Van Gundy with has the Los full Angeles control Clippers. With the he does, um, and it's still too early to see exactly where that goes. Nice move for Reggie Jackson, obviously Andre Drummond, but not going to get too far down that uh, path. Uh, you look at it, and you know Sam Bradford ran a similar offense at Oklahoma, but not quite what he was running here. I thought he'd have more success as well because he did run that up-tempo offense with Bob Stoops while he was an Oklahoma Sooner. Uh, DeMarco Murray was in that offense as well. He was an Oklahoma Sooner uh, player. Uh, but in the NFL, he's bulked up a bit from his college days, and he's definitely become much of a north, more north-south runner. And you also look at some of the moves he made, though. Some of the guys he moved, he traded away, let go, were guys that would have and did fit Nicely into an up, up-tempo type of offense. Deshaun Jackson, uh, obviously with the rival now. 
Um, traded LaShawn McCoy for Kiko Alonso, uh, former o- Oregon player for him. Jeremy Macklin walked. Yeah, he walked. He's with Kansas City now, and he's really good. We talked about it on the podcast last week, uh, giving Kansas City that deep threat. So uh, he just made some moves where he moved guys away that you would have thought that's the type of guy you want in this system. Where do the Eagles go from here? Because, again, it's this three-year experiment backfired completely. So they're, they're kind of two years behind everybody else. I mean, they're, they're treading water here a little bit. Um, and well, where, where do you go from here? If you're an Eagles fan, who do you want to be the next coach of your Philadelphia Eagles? Well, first off, you're locked up with that Byron Maxwell contract. Oops. <laughs> Six years, $63 million. Uh, Pat Shermer, the offensive coordinator, he's going to coach week 17. He's probably not going to be the guy that gets the job. I mean – I don't know where to. See, I mean, first you, off, you go into, you, first off, you have to build your talent up again. You have to start there. The Eagles have the, one of the big. They have the biggest problem in the NFL right now. There of any of any of all sports, they need a new head coach and they need a new quarterback. Sam Bradford, because he was there to fit the Chip Kelly offense, he's going to be gone. He was on a one-year deal anyway, so he's going to be gone. So you have two of the biggest holes that you can't afford in, in the National Football League. You know, so do they go I'm, – I'm, I mean, Colin Kaepernick, do they trade for RG3? Do they trade for – do they, uh, do they uh, draft a quarterback and, and let him – do they try to trade for Nick Foles again? I don't know, Sam, but it's – who their starting quarterback in 2016 is going to be is, is a huge, huge question mark, just as big as a head coach. Yeah, and <laughs> the Eagles – they're probably sitting there like, oh, good thing we didn't make all those moves for Marcus Mariota. Maybe that would have worked out, but you'd probably have even less uh, as far as talent goes in the in the stable right now. As far as where they go coaching-wise, uh, I think it's too early to tell. You know, there's some former, obviously, NFL coaches out there uh, that'll be looking for jobs, uh, guys that are assistants now, guys that are assistants that don't have any experience. Um but Jeff Lowry, the owner, said he wanted some more time to figure it out, which is why he made the move now. So um, haven't really heard of anyone emerging as a front runner yet. It's been less than 24 yeah, hours. Yeah, it has. Uh, you're still kind of the shock of him not so much being let go, but the fact that he was like, I, I just don't get out of Tuesday. Just wait. Whatever. Because he's already looking. You know that, Jeff Lowry. Know, it's not like a change. I guess maybe now because – you fired your guy. Maybe, you can go and talk to people. Maybe he was a problem in the locker room. Well, did you hear that story about um, Jeff Lowry went down and um, he gave the pep talk before the the Patriots game? Really? Yeah. Um, I think it was on ESPN last night. I was, one of the guys was was talking about it, and uh, he went down and he was the one who gave the talk to the team before the Patriots game, and then. Uh, you remember on the way back, that's when the DeMarco Murray uh, conversation happened with Lauer. So, When your own head coach can't motivate you to right. play, not just right. the Patriots, but any game, any team, for any any Sunday, that's an issue. You mentioned Marcus Mariota. Does Chip Kelly go to Tennessee? Now, it, Ken Weisenhunt, uh, is, they did say they're going to keep him for next season. But does this change anything if you're the ownership of Tennessee and say, hey, Marcus Mariota, Chip Kelly, maybe we got something here? Yeah, I think it's something you you certainly have to have to look at because it's not like Ken Wisenhunt has a wonderful resume track no. record as as a football as a head football coach, but at the same time, 
this is the first year under the new uh, the new quarterback, the new direction of the franchise. Uh, a lot of times, I think organizations are, are too quick to get rid of their coaches. Yeah. And Tennessee three and twelve this season, but Mariota has shown signs of of high potential and that he can be a very good quarterback in he the has. NFL. And, and we were talking about that. We both said great for the Jaguars keeping Gus Bradley. You know, this is a team on a on a good trend, and they kept their head coach around for at least another year. The Jaguars they got a, they got some good things going. Moving that in the right off, direction. That offense is Blake Bortles has really played well. His best season yet this past season. T.J. Yeldon, a rookie running back. Allen Robinson, a surprise this year, along with um, with Allen Hearns. Julius Thomas had a down year, but if he can have you know any kind of year they had with the Broncos, just need to get some more defensive players. But, hey, it's a project, and it seems like it's getting better. Now, now here's a question for you. We've seen when coaches get full control, it doesn't seem to work out that well. Why do they keep offering it? Why, why do organizations keep saying, yes, this is a good idea? Because... Each team wants to change, like the style, I guess. Or, I know, but why or, not? But why give it all to the coach? Why, when you hear all these teams that have had the success over the years for a long-term success, it's the coach and the usually have a good coach and a good GM. Obviously, good players to have the success, but you have that coach in place and you have the general manager, Bill Belichick. He doesn't do this whole thing in New England by himself. No. He's not a one – has he ever won? You know, obviously, he has input on football decisions, um, but not once have you ever heard Bill Belichick say, I want full control of this thing. There's a lot of working pieces up there in New England. Looking on from the other side of things, though, could we say, okay, uh, Stan Van Gundy, he knows his system the best, better than anybody else, better than his assistant coaches. But that's where coaches. you hire a guy. I, I understand, but but from flipping on the other side, that's the thought process. Try to be different. Try to create something new that other people can't stop. Yeah. See, that's wh- that's why I thought the Eagles had a, had were going to win the division this year because if if this had succeeded, if Chip Kelly had succeeded with the Eagles, they would have they could have changed football, the NFL for, for forever. As far as full control goes, full control. No, and, I don't and, think and, so. No, but the the type of system. The, well, bring, the system, yes. That, that's what I'm talking about. His his college system. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking into, about the the system and whether that works or not. Uh, it obviously didn't work great in Philadelphia. Could it work somewhere else? Maybe if he has the right players and the right quarterback. Uh, he never had the right quarterback in Philadelphia to run that system. But I'm talking about giving a coach full control, whether it's Chip Kelly, whether it's Stan Van Gundy in the NBA, Doc Rivers. I'm just talking about that in general. Overall, it doesn't seem to work. Uh, Rick Pitino, he had full control when he was at the Celtics. He was out of the NBA quicker than you could spell his name. Moving on with uh, the NFL playoffs, Sam. The NFC, all six teams are locked in. The only thing that's up for question, up for debate, is the NFC North Division, and they're going to play it out at Lambeau Field, Vikings at Packers, Sunday Night Football. Should be a good game to watch. It should be a good game to watch. I mean, anytime you have a division on the line, it's it's a big deal. How about Adrian Peterson, quietly the leading rusher in the NFL this season? Very quietly. It is. Right I mean, now he has more, he has 61 yards more than uh, Doug Martin. Doug Martin. Another quiet guy, second in, in rushing after a, a downfall last year. Uh, but Adrian Peterson, after all he's been through with um, all the allegations and, and child abuse, uh, back at the top of the NFL rushing. Well, I, I think not only is Adrian Peterson the a quiet NFL league-leading rusher, it, this is the quietest 10-win team 
maybe ever. I mean, they're sitting there. They're 10-5. and five. They've been a good team all year, and you, you barely hear a word about them. I think last week was the first time uh, I really got a chance to watch them when they played the Giants on Sunday night. And, well, that was <laughs> over in, what, 30 seconds? Yeah, Giants right. certainly did not. They were not there to play. The Vikings this season have beaten the Chiefs. That's when the Chiefs were losing. Um, they beat the Rams. They've won at the Raiders. They won at the Falcons when they were struggling. Um, they really haven't had a signature win. I guess you could say they lost to the Cardinals by three. They got th- thumped by the Seahawks, 38-7. They lost to the Packers, 30-13. to So they haven't. So to to your point that they, that's been kind of a silent 10 and five team. They haven't had that big but the, win. Neither of say. I mean, I know they're in New York and the other ones in Minnesota, but the Jets they haven't had a. You know, I mean, they beat the Patriots. They beat the Patriots. Uh, I mean, but I'm. I heard on the broadcast that the. The Jets had one of the worst. Was it the Jets who had one of the worst records in, or schedules in the NFL? Probably they played the NFC. Or, uh, yeah, they played the NFC East this year. It's always amazing to me, though. You you play this entire season, and there's so many things that that can happen. And um, I mean, for instance, there's a chance that if Carolina doesn't win, right, they don't even get the one seed. If they don't win and, and Arizona beats the Seahawks, then the, then the Cardinals Which get, is wild. Yeah. Because Carolina, they've been undefeated up until this past week. Yeah. And they might not even get the one seed if, if they don't win this week. And um, there's just so many uh, situations where, you know, uh, Denver, they're in the playoffs now, but there was also a chance where <laughs> – Denver missed the playoffs. They could get the one seed or they could miss the playoffs. I mean, they they got in with their win last week, but just so many different it, – it, it just blows my mind. And I think what it is, it's, it's just a 16-game season. So, really, it's not a huge number of games. But, you know, all the other major sports, it's a large number of games. Uh, in such a condensed season, there are so many option, uh, scenarios down at the end. It's, it's it, it really makes – it always makes for an entertaining uh, last couple of weeks trying to figure out – uh, what's going to happen, which, of course, you can never do. Broncos, so if they win, as you mentioned, if they beat the Chargers, the AFC West is there to take. Um, let's go back to the Jets. They beat the Patriots on a controversial, uh, if you will, the coin flip. Yeah, it's not that controversial. Apparently, there was rumors that Belichick wanted to lose so he could play Pittsburgh. Then why'd they score them the last possession of the game? You know? No, I agree. I mean, I, I, if if you don't want to, if you want to lose, Brady will throw. Like, come on! Like, can, can we? It's because it's the Patriots. Oh, it's because they turned over. Belichick the, has something up his sleeve. Yeah. He wants to play the Steelers versus the Jets. It's like, God, give me a break with this Patriots stuff. They're just better. That's all. There and is. get used to it. Yeah. And if you haven't gotten used to it, then something's wrong with you because they're, they're just, the AFC East is the Patriots until Belichick and Brady are gone. And even then, it's still who knows that when when that time comes. Um, but anyways, the Jets they need to beat Buffalo, old friend, now enemy, front of me, Rex Ryan, to get in the playoffs. Or if Pittsburgh loses at uh, Cleveland which probably won't happen. Um, so that's what happens with the Jets. Do they pull it off? Do the Jets beat the Bills at Ralph Wilson Stadium? I think they do. I think they do. 
It won't be easy, that's but gonna, I, that's going to be an emotionally charged but game. I do not have faith in Rex Ryan. You don't think he can get it done? No. And, and also that, just to go back to your talk about that conspiracy theory there, like you look at it and there's a high probability the Patriots don't even play the Jets or the Steelers. You know, like if the Steelers were to get in. Yeah, because they'd be the six. The six, seed. the five seed. They might not even. The Patriots have a bye. Yeah. You know, if they don't win their first game, you. It's just. Ugh. Whatever. Yeah. Um, the Bengals, Sam. They had a chance to wrap up, or they could have gotten a one seed. They could have gotten the two seed. Um, last week they still have that chance against uh, if they beat the Ravens and if the Broncos fall to the Chargers. But, you know, Sam, I'll, I'll say this. I was impressed by A.G. McCarron on Monday night against the Broncos. Uh, he he played a lot better. I know last week you said that you believe him. You think he would win a playoff game. Um, and he exceeded my expectations. He did have a big fumble at the end, which cost him the game. He, he dropped the, the snap and shotgun in overtime. Um, but the thing with the Bengals is – as of right now, as of December 30th, obviously things could change after next week, but as of right now, Andy Dalton would not play in a wild-card game. So he would not play in a first-round game. He could play in a divisional game, which would be a second round, which means the Bengals have to get the bye if they want to escape uh, the playoffs without having McCarron start. But was impressed with McCarron. He found A.J. Green a lot, Marvin Jones, and he there was times where he really did move down, he moved down the field against this Broncos defense. And this is an excellent Broncos defense, uh, yes. one of the best in the NFL this year. Uh, I, I told you, he's a competitor. He's a tough guy. He's going to go out there, and, uh, you know, he, he, he's learning, and I think he's, he's going to give you a, uh, a, go, a solid performance, and that's what you've seen. Sprained his left wrist in the game, non-throwing hand, of course, so uh, he should be fine. But you, you look at the numbers, and, yes, he did, ha- he did fumble that ball late in the game at that point, though. No, it wasn't, it was a, high, still, wasn't no. a high probability. Still, no. It was I a, know. It could have been a game-winning driver. It could have been. tying drive. But you still look at his numbers, 22 of 35, better than 60% of his passes complete, threw a touchdown, didn't throw an interception. Uh, in his two starts, he hasn't thrown an interception. So they're not exactly airing it out with him, but he's shown he can manage the game. Which is what they need. Exactly. The Chiefs. They win the division if they beat the Raiders at home and the Broncos lose. But the Chiefs on a nine-game winning streak. You don't want to play them. Come on, no. If Belichick's worrying about any team in the playoffs, that's the one you're worried about. Right now, they are the five seed as of right now at 10-5. and five, um, And they do own the tiebreaker over the Jets should anything happen there um, based on best win, winning percentage in conference games. Uh, Sam, let's go real quick. Predictions. Um Broncos, I think, are going to take the division. I think yep. they will – who are they playing? They'll, they'll beat the Chargers. Um, who's going to get in? We, Jet, so, you think the Jets are going to win, so you think I Jets do. over Steelers. Yep. Um, I'm going to go Buffalo in that one. Buffalo? I'm going so you Buffalo. think the Steelers get in? I think the Steelers do get in. Maybe that's because I hate the Jets, and I already have to wear a Jets jersey this year, a Brett Favre jersey, and I just want some payback a little bit and to shut Jets fans up, but – I think Rex Ryan can get it done at home, and I certainly think Pittsburgh can win on the road in Cleveland. Um, so then the Bengals will get the three seed, and that leaves Vikings at Packers. I got Packers at home. Yeah, I'll take the Packers because they're at home, but still, 
Green Bay has not been they playing looked, well. They looked horrid against oh, the Cardinals. Oh, they did. Oh. I mean, you expect Arizona to win at home because Arizona might be the best team in the NFL. But, man, they just got over. I mean, Rodgers, he did not have a second back there. No. And he's a guy who's pretty elusive. He's a guy who can move around in the pocket. And he was getting he was getting the ball, and it was like, boom, there. And if, I mean, there's still some questions because when you move forward, you want guys like Tyler Matthew in your lineup. But, you know, first game without Matthew, and, you know, they, they swarm Aaron Rodgers. All right, so let's reset. This is the Sports Brothers brought, brought this is the Sports Brothers podcast with Sam and Brian Dossler. Thank you for listening for all year long. This is our, what, we've done this for what, a year and a half now, Sam? The start summer of 2014. Um, it was definitely the summer of 2014. Yeah. So yeah, we're going about 18 months of. of, of I was trying to think when because it was the end of your freshman year. Sophomore year. Freshman year. I'm a junior. Freshman year. Freshman year. That would still be 14. Yeah. We've come a long way from you just reading the stats there. Oh God, yeah. LeBron James was 10 of 22 for 27 points. <laughs> Hey, I'm sure every... Hey, you got to start somewhere. Exactly. Um, but we're still down here. We're still down here in the same place. <laughs> um, so more to come. Sam's going to have his back on the radar. We're going to talk about some baseball and the Chapman trade and college football and UConn. They got a huge win over Texas last night. But Sam, we're playing basketball take the YMCA, and this has become kind of a, uh, a part of the routine. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we go play basketball from 12 Except to 2. Except for Friday the last couple of weeks because yes. of Christmas Day and New Year's Day this week. Um, but we've gone down there, and uh, it's pretty fun balling out the Y. We ball out. You know, uh, you know, I uh, I suck. It's fine. I'm okay. I was a shooter on Monday. You were, which means... I won't be a shooter today. But I won't tell myself that until I miss my first two shots. I've actually been playing pretty well of late. Yeah. It's fun. You got a good workout in. You run around a little bit. See, the thing is, I was thinking about this the other day, especially you since you you play a lot more than I do. I play when I'm home. You get, like, if you play that much, you have to be getting better. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, there, when you play that much basketball, when you play roughly, what, four hours, five hours a week? If you well, add it all week up? Before I mean, you, well, the first week, you know, you got home on that Thursday a couple weeks ago. I played four times that week. You got to get better. Like, well, <laughs> to a certain point. Well, I have a very shallow ceiling, <laughs> so I'm I'm about at my ceiling, but I have gotten better. What have, you, what have you gotten better at? Can you do left handed? Are you confident yourself in a left handed no. layup? Although I did hit a sweet left handed layup a couple weeks ago. I I came down from I landed after I shot it. I watched it going and I just went, wow. What's what do you what do you think you're best at in basketball? When when what do you bring most to a team? Is it your scoring? Is it your defense? Is it your rebounding? Well, find, you certainly don't want you, you don't want me to be your go-to scorer. No, same here with me. You want me to be like your third option. Um, I'd say the intangibles. Yeah, a little rebounding. I'm gonna play pretty good defense. Um, hustle. Most of the time, it's the why you walk back on defense sometimes. Yeah, it's acceptable. Um, I think for the most part that you know, I think my rebounding and toughness down there. Let's head to. What about you? Mine. Um. 
not turning the ball over. <laughs> you know, I'd love to. You know, you you talk about other players when you're sitting there watching games. Yeah, I'd love to know what people say about me. Same. Like, do they say? I can't imagine they say he's terrible. They they probably get. I'm I'm definitely the lesser of the two brothers. I will admit that. I just admitted it. I'm the better player. At the Y this year, yes. One on one, you're better. Yes. Because you do the same move out in out in the, in the I know. front yard and you can on the driveway. Dri- you can hit the two pointer. Yeah, deadly. And I can't. I'm like I'm Steph Curry out out in the. You know, I think the two pointers. <laughs> I think the two pointers have given you confidence at the Y. Hey, you know, Steph Curry's got to go to work, right? Yes, yes, he does. Except he might not be going to work the next couple days. What are you talking about? Well, he might be out with the the leg injury. Oh, right. All right, so uh, Sam has it back on the radar. Let's hear it. They've been off the grid for a while, but now it's time for Sam's Back on the Radar. Back on the Radar, Kyrie Irving. Um, Just went right to it, huh? No suspense? Yeah. Why should I Why should I keep people hanging, you know? Yeah, that's true. They we wait. appreciate them listening to us. Yes, we do. Great fans, so we're just going to dive right in. Go for it. Just like Newman. Ali Ali Octantree. <laughs> <laughs> the pool boy. Um, yeah, four games back. Uh, not quite himself yet. 13 points per game. Struggling from three, 25%. Shooting just 34% uh, from the floor. Only playing 21 and a half minutes of the game. Remember, we, w- we watched that Golden State game on Christmas Day. Didn't really play down the stretch. Uh, so watching his minutes. But... Back in the lineup, which is great after the the knee injury that he suffered in the NBA Finals. Still day-to-day, he didn't play uh, last night in Cleveland's win against Denver. Um, Just as a a precaution, nothing serious, just to not push it too much. But uh, good to see him back, and good to see this Cleveland team getting up to full strength. Yeah, the happiest person on the Cleveland roster is probably LeBron James when Kyrie was coming back. He's like, oh, another guard I can just give it to. Doesn't have to be the primary ball handler yeah. all the time. Another guy who can create his own shot. Uh, another guy who can create shots for others. Uh, it, it makes them a, a more complete team, though. Which is why he went to Cleveland in the yes, first place. Because Kyrie Irving was there. Yes. So it's good that he's there. Uh, Sticking with the NBA, Sam... Yesterday, Russell Westbrook said, no more technical fouls. I'm done. I'm done arguing with referees. Uh, he uh, Westbrook had a league high 17 technicals last season. He's had 52 since the 2011-2012 season. And Sam, he simply said, you know, he, he said he was watching the film and he noticed a trend that every time he argued, the referee didn't change the call. Go figure, right? So he said... You know, all, all my 17 technicals, I was 0 for 17 in trying to persuade and change the call, so I'm just going to stop. He's done. He's he's done. And Sam, Westbrook is an emotionally charged player, right? He's he's very explosive. He lets his emotions out. Um, but it's good to re- it's good to know that Westbrook finally realized that the referees won't, in fact, change the call. Well, some other guys should realize it too in the NBA. Yeah, we'll wait to see if this actually happens. But you can st- you can be an emotionally charged player. You can play with emotion without committing the technical foul, and, and it only hurts your team. Yeah. And I mean, you you also you get to that point where uh, so many technical fouls, sixteen, and you you miss a game. So you don't want to put your team in a in a bad situation. Uh, and on to college basketball, Sam. Huskies. Yes, big win last big win night. Over Texas. Big win over Texas, seventy-one sixty-six. The battle of the teams without their big man. 
Yes. And I think a game in which UConn, in that sense, is much more suited for because Texas is a team that likes to get Cameron Ridley a lot of touches. Um, averages a double-double. UConn only gives Brian touches when On a lob. <laughs> And he's also he... a guy who gets in foul trouble a lot. So he was only playing a little over 20 minutes a game. So they are, you know, it's great to have the shot blocker back there, but they're accustomed to playing without him. And uh, great combined effort last night by Kenton Facey and, uh, and Sean Miller. Notice you didn't say Phil Nolan. Well, Phil Nolan, ready for this? He did not commit a foul last night in seven wow. minutes. Not that it's a bad thing to commit a foul sometimes, but <laughs> picked up three fouls in five minutes against Central Connecticut. And CCS, Brandon Peel. He was at the game, by the way, yesterday. He sat behind uh, they come, us. They come to the games a lot, the men's team. By the way, you know how everyone says that uh, everything's big in Texas? Well, the hearts and the cheers and the spirits of the Texas fans were not big no. at all last night. No, they were not. They they were awful. Now, I get it's Christmas break. Student section isn't there as much. and, and But when, there, when Texas went on runs, there was 12 lead changes in this game, Sam. So this was a back-and-forth game. The biggest lead was six. So this was again a close game throughout, and man, those the Longhorn fans. It, it, I don't want to say this. We said this after the game. It didn't really feel like that big of a game when it's it's it wasn't no. as emotionally charged as I was hoping for. We were creating our own energy in the basement. Yes, I felt less into the game than I usually am. I mean, I was yes. and <laughs> me less into a game than usual. Is oh, still, I was I was pacing back and <laughs> it's forth. It's still about ninety five percent more than anyone else. Yes, you notice. I don't. Well, you don't notice, but when you, I watch a game at home with you, you tone it down. I tone it down. Oh yeah. And you become the. But if I were to, if I had been home alone with Dad last night, I would have been much more. I don't know why. What, what do I scare you? No, I figure there's one person, one crazy person yelling. <laughs> Might as well. So, so my energy takes some of your excitement or frustration out at the same time. Is that is yes. that what you're saying? Okay. So I kind of let you be the one idiot jumping up and down. Fair enough. I was pacing back and forth with a blanket over you me are. when Gibbs was taking free throws. By the way, Purvis, he's got to hit free throws. Oh. He's, he's got to figure that thing out. And and honestly, like, I mean, he's not a lockdown defender. He's he's been able to shoot the ball this year more than last year, and he can get to the rim starting to finish unlike he did in the Bahamas. But if he wants to play in the NBA, he's got to sh- shoot higher than 54% from the free throw yes. line. Oh, Lower now. God. Yeah, low. And not only oh. but front end of a one-and-one one late in the game, too. Like, those are the – you know what I thought? I didn't want to tell you this. But when he missed that free throw, I was like, oh, my God, it's boat right from last year again. It's, it's happened again. It was you like, know, I never felt – after the first – let's say by the time the first TV timeout came last night, I never thought UConn was going to lose that game. Not once did I think UConn was going to lose. I was – and I'm very pessimistic when I root for my teams. Not once did I think UConn was going to. They got down late what, with like, oh, I don't know, eight minutes to go. They fell behind again. And I was like, whatever. And, wow, look at you. Maybe that's, that's why I wasn't as animated. I maybe. knew they were going to win that game. I just well, knew. They're off to New Orleans in Tulane on Saturday night. Yep. Conference opener. Not as confident. Like, no. <laughs> More confident against Texas than Tulane. The nerves start all over again a few oh, yeah, days in advance. It, it just recycles. It's a cycle. Yeah. It just, and yeah. then whenever they play their last game of the year, whether it's they win it all or lose or don't make the tournament, just the excitement comes and then, oh, my God, they're going to lose to Maine. They're going to lose to Maine. They're going to drop their season over to Maine. <laughs> 
I do, we do think that. We we read we read the preview article at Don Amore. He does a fantastic job with those preview articles and all the game recaps and everything. And we just think we read it and we're like, oh my god, Sam, they got this six eight guy that scored fifteen points against Boston University. Boston University the other day. He's going to score thirty on you, got. All right. So, uh, sticking with college basketball, Michigan State, number one team in the country, they lost for the first time yesterday at Iowa. Uh, and came on the day after Tom Izzo's father passed away. So we want to stretch our condolences to the Iz- to Tom Izzo and his family going through a rough patch there. Um, but without Denzel Valentine, Sam, really showed how beat up the Spartans team. Yeah, and they they almost lost to Oakland yeah. the game before. Had to uh, win that one in extra time to get past Oakland. Um, Michigan State in the long run, they're going to be okay. Iowa's a good team. Yeah, Iowa's a good team. Tough place to play. Iowa's actually the favorite in this game yes. at home. Big Ten opener. Iowa's Valentine. a good team, so uh, not a huge, uh, not a huge surprise really. Especially, I mean, even I hadn't even looked at the looked at the line, the spread of the game when you said that, and Iowa's already up, and it's, it's not a ton, a huge surprise. But boy, I love this time. You know, you love the the early season college basketball tournaments. You love the the uh, the non conference games where you yep. get the Louisville and the Kentucky and, and games like that, but. When the new year hits, late in December like we are now, and you start those conference games, was better when there was a Big East that UConn played in, yes. But there's nothing like conference basketball. No. Nothing like it. And big Monday right off the bat, right? Oklahoma, Kansas, 9 p.m. Well, Kansas-Baylor on Saturday. Yes. Before that. But I mean, just four o'clock on CBS. We're we're jumping right into this thing. We're going right in. We're head 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 first. Head first. Dive head first. Uh, last bit of college basketball notes: Ben Simmons, Sam LSU. They're seven and five. Simmons has nine double doubles. And hear me out. I don't care what LSU's record is at the end of the year. They got to put LSU in the tournament because we got to see Ben Simmons play. I don't care if they're a 16 seed. They got to put Simmons in this thing because it would be such a tragedy to college basketball if he's not in the NCAA tournament. He may the LSU may not even make the NIT the way they're playing right now. They lost to Wake Forest. What's the other one? The the C. What, the CIT, CIT, CIT. They may not even make that. I mean, that's that's robbery, Sam. Robbery. Well, you, we got to put Ben Simmons in there. Put him on a different team. Put put him on a 16 seed. And you just think about all the guys who have become such icons based on what they've done in the NCAA tournament. And Ben Simmons, the best freshman in the country at this point, seven and five. He's averaging. Uh, 19.3 points per game, uh, 13 assists per contest, five and a half assists. I mean, those are ungodly numbers, but uh, the rest of the team not really uh, doing it. They got Keith Hornsby back, uh, good shooter. If Jordan Mickey came back, yeah, for another was, year, this you know, would be a top 25 team. You'll have, you have to see. If, we'll have to see if they can turn it around. The SEC isn't all that strong. Vanderbilt's better, obviously Kentucky, but Kentucky's not as good. Florida lost on a on a game uh, winning uh, shot. Was it a buzzer beater or was uh, it? like four seconds yeah. left, like four and a half against Florida State? Yeah. Let's go to the diamond, shall we? Ardelis Chapman traded to the Yankees for four prospects. Sam, the Yankees, despite the domestic abuse investigation with Chapman, they get the left-handed closer and uh, best bullpen in baseball. Yeah. Down. Yeah, you. If you're a starter, you only have to get to the sixth, sixth inning. inning. Sixth, sixth. 
and then and then it's lights out and then it's 100 100 101 100 100 and like 103 yeah but the question is will Chapman be there at the start of the year even if he's there at the all-star break I know I mean I know but um facing charges still discipline due to his uh domestic uh violence issues they fired eight gunshots into the ceiling uh, investigation is ongoing. And something that's interesting, now do the Yankees almost hope for a suspension here? Because if you look at this, he needs 138 more days of service um, to, uh, let's see, Chapman is 138 service days short of free agency. A full season hundred is 172 days. So any suspension longer than approximately 30 games would make him wait until the end of the 2017 season instead of this one to uh, reach free agency. That's in the Hartford Current Wire reports. I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, yeah. Really? Well, that's remember Chris Bryant. They didn't want to start his service clock. All right, all right. So yep, okay. if he's suspended for until May 15th, Thirty games—that's the magic number, right? Yeah, if he, yeah, if he's suspended for thirty games, the Yankees get another year on his current contract. So, do you almost wonder? You, because I, the Yankees, if I'm a Yankee fan, I, I would want because him out. the Yankees—they gave up quite a bit for him. Not as much as the Dodgers no, would have. No, but they still gave up some guys, some some decent prospects. Do you think in the back of their minds the Yankees are like, well, we figure he's going to get suspended for 30 games, so we have him under contract for at least two years? That's a good game plan to go with. I mean, geez, to have him for a year and a half just and kind of escape, they get a, they get an extra year out of him. Yeah, I mean, so it's it's like a, it's a reward. I think it's, it's a reward for him. With the, I mean, for the Yankees, it is. For the Yankees, it is. Yeah, and if he gets suspended, what a move by the Yankees, right? And, I mean, he can't be kicked out of Major League Base. I mean, depending on how serious it is. I mean, the eight gunshots isn't good. No. But, um, I mean, the Yankees might get bonus time under the contract that Aralis Chapman currently has. Sam, these 7th, 8th, ninth innings, Red Sox, Yankees could be classics. Because the Red Sox, they got a bull- good bullpen, too. Uh, of course, they already had Uihara, Koji Uihara, Janiti Tazawa, Carson Smith. Underrated reliever, but you'll you'll get to know of course, his name. Of course, Craig Kimbrell. Craig Kimbrell. I mean, arguably two of the best bullpens in baseball right there. Did you there say Tazawa? Yeah, Tazawa. Arguably two of the best bullpens in, in, in all of baseball, and they're both in the American League East. Uh, and quickly, Sam, U.S. Espedes, an update on him. According to MLB.com's Jesse Sanchez, the Orioles and White Sox are the two front runners for Yoannis Cespedes. The Angels, Giants, and Rangers are also in the running. Um, but basically, these these are two teams I think are very similar in terms of uh, they, they need they need to fill a, a left a left field hole. Both teams kind of went through a lot of different guys um, in left field last year. Alejandro Diaz was the opening day starter in left field. Travis Niner got a par also played there. If Chris Davis if he turns down a hundred fifty million dollar deal, you know he's not going to go back. Um, but I think the biggest issue for both these teams, Sam, is neither of them. They, they need another starter. They need a front-line starter. And, yes, it's great you have Cespedes, and, yes, he's going to win you some games, but I think both these teams need to put more to a pitcher, and more so the Orioles because the White Sox, they have Chris Sale. But, you know, Wing Ming Chen is, is a free agent who is arguably their ace. I mean, Abaldo Jimenez. 
yeah, a but starter the, there. The, the Orioles have won with without a true ace before. But they haven't gotten to that next level. But they made the championship series a couple of years ago. I But to get over the hump, Sam, you need that big-time pitcher. You yeah. can't you can't suffer the mediocre. They have yeah. the bats. They got the, I mean at the time they had Nick Markakis, they had Adam Jones, you know, the, Chris Davis, that's when his he had the 52 home run season, Nelson Cruz, um, you know, but they they got swept in in the ALDS that year by the Royals. You know, they need that frontline pitcher and they don't have it. So I think they should put that what 150 million whatever it is towards a starting pitcher. But they don't there's no starting pitcher out Not there. Not anymore. And 150 million doesn't buy you a frontline starter now. No, it's that's cheap. That's cheap change. Yeah. At this point. So, um, all right, Sam. Let's let's head to college football, shall we? You again are awaiting this matchup between Clemson and Oklahoma. What are your thoughts, feelings, emotions heading into this game at the Orange Bowl? Oklahoma's going to lose. Really. And I'm also really disappointed we're a tw- 20-hour drive away. Tickets are only like $51 right now on StubHub. Um, well, Back to the Future's on TV. Maybe we can <laughs> – actually, no, it's back in time. Never mind. Well, no, we could – Not watch the game. Not watch the game. And then – And then – Take the – Yeah. Yeah. Or – Or we could pay the money, go to the game – and then steal the money back, take it, and go back to before we purchase the tickets and not go to the game. Smart. Um, <laughs> my God. Uh, but for this, for this game, Clemson, they have three players suspended. Wide receiver Deion Kane, place kicker, extra point specialist, Amon Lakip, and tight end J.J. McCullough. Um, Sam Kane is their biggest deep yep, threat. That's the big one right there. Yep, thirty-four catches, five hundred eighty-two yards, and five touchdowns. Freshman kid from uh, I think Jacksonville, and they all failed drug tests. What? He what? he averages more than seventeen yards per catch too. Idiots, three idiots. Yes, like you know, I'm sure one of them was. I don't I don't know their routine, but like they're yeah. they're in Miami. They go smoke a blunt, and come on and. For, like, okay, two things. And I'm, they two, knew the two, drug test was coming. Two things here. One, if you lose tomorrow, you can have have some fun on on New Year's, January first. Yes. Number two, you win. Probably going to get drug tested again. You have some fun either way on January twelfth. You can do what they did. Your entire life, how many chances do you get to be? How many chances do you get to be part of something like this? If you're lucky, one, maybe they get back. You know, maybe you know the kid's a freshman, uh, Dion Kane. He's a freshman. Maybe he gets back here at some point of his, in his career. You know, but maybe not. Just stupid, 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 stupid. Uh, so who do you, in reality, who do you have, Clemson, Oklahoma? Who do you have uh, well, Oklahoma favored by three and a half, but uh, I'm going to go with Clemson. Um, I think Clemson, uh, undefeated, the only undefeated team in major Division One college football, uh, good offense, uh, defense. Uh, they showed, and obviously different Oklahoma team didn't have Baker Mayfield last year. Clemson, they, they didn't have Deshaun Watson for the game, but uh, really took it to Oklahoma in the Russell Athletic Bowl last year, winning it 40-6. to So although it's a different year, 
different identities. Um, I still think you have to look at that, and a red flag has to go up, doesn't it? You you, you look at it and say, um, you know, there's obviously there's some where where the teams don't match up. Uh, Clemson, they've, it's not so much like basketball or other sports like that where you have comfort in an arena, but they won big against Miami here at the Orange Bowl. And uh, I don't know. There was no fans there, though. No, there wasn't. wasn't right? That was a blowout? That was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma, they're the better team against ranked teams, 5-0. and uh, Clemson, 3-0 and against ranked teams. Um, See, coming into this in this four-team four playoff, obviously every team is hot, right? I mean, Clemson hasn't lost yep. the game. But I think Oklahoma is the hottest coming in. They're kind of like Ohio State of last year. Yeah. Uh, and that's how – and a lot of – a lot of analysts were saying at, at the time, you know, they're in the back end. I think they're like 15 or 16 after the Texas loss, but they had the opportunity because. Well, you could see it because even after they lost to Texas uh, with how backloaded the schedule was, and you knew Texas, even with that win Oklahoma against Oklahoma, they were already basically out of the race for the Big 12 title. Yeah. And you knew they didn't have the talent to sustain uh, that. You, it was more, is Oklahoma overrated again, uh, as they had been the last few years. Uh, but you knew looking at the schedule that if Oklahoma Oklahoma still controlled their own destiny in the Big 12 and could win the title um, on their own if they played good football, and that's what they did. Alabama, Michigan State, Cotton Bowl, Jerry's World. Alabama lost this game last year to Ohio State, who, of course, won the national championship. Will Alabama slip up again this year, or will State? I don't think so. Um, I think it's going to be closer than some people are saying. Uh, Bama favored by 10. Um, Ohio State kind of surprised, I think, Alabama last year. I think Alabama went in a little too head held high, um, feeling high and mighty. Um, Michigan State, they're a team that really they, sh- they they got screwed out of that game against Nebraska with the, the wide receiver going out of bounds, coming back yep. in. Uh, Nebraska ended up scoring and winning that game. Um, they've Face diversity, Connor Cook was out for the Ohio State game. They still won that game. Uh, he played injured in the Big Ten title game. He was hurt against Penn State still with that shoulder issue. He says it's fine. Uh, so that's good news. So this is a, a battle-tested team. This is a group that's been together for a long time, and uh, they're not going to be phased by Alabama, I don't think. I think State's going to win. Do you? I do. So I'm going with the two upsets. Um I mean, you, I think you just like you said, battle the battle tested and Alabama for the tough SEC, and the SEC is good, but Michigan State's had a tougher road to get here. I think, of late in the season, between State and Alabama, yeah, yeah, no, without a doubt. I mean, you, you look at Ohio State late in the season, then that unbelievably entertaining game against Iowa, uh, and just that. I think their toughness showed that drive that won it for them. Was it 18 play? Or oh, I think it was in the 20s. It was in the 22. It was a 22 play. L.J. Scott, right, though, and it the just, goal line. And it got to the point where it was like, well, they're at midfield. If they get stopped, they'll still get the ball. Then it was like it got to the point where they need to score here. This yeah. is it, and they did. So you got Clemson versus Alabama, and I got Oklahoma-Michigan State in the national title game. Who do you have holding up the – Alabama. The, the keg uh, – <laughs> Yeah, I got Alabama. Uh, I think their front seven, excellent. Uh, Derrick Henry, 
uh, broke Herschel Walker's SEC single season rushing record, uh, Heisman Trophy winner. And he's a guy, he, as he goes, so does the Alabama offense, and he's shown he is a workhorse. He had, what, three weeks off or thereabouts uh, after the SEC championship game, following two straight weeks where he had uh, over 40 carries. So even if he gets 40 plus carries, he's going to have another uh, long stretch off a week plus to get ready for the title game. Um, I think just too much Alabama Coker is going to control the game, and uh, Alabama is going to come out with the win. So mine, Oklahoma versus Michigan State. I got your sooner, Sam. I got Oklahoma. I hope you're right. When was the last time they won a national championship? 2000. 2000. That's the reason I'm a fan. 2000? Yeah, 2000 so. Orange Bowl. They, Oklahoma has a good history at the Orange Bowl, and that's the reason I'm a fan of Oklahoma, that win right there. Wow. It could come full circle this year for you, huh? Mm, I guess. Yeah. I guess whenever they win it, you can say well, it. that's true. Uh, one thing, I, I, the guy you have to keep an eye on, though, for Michigan State in the semifinal game, their guy on the edge, Andrew, uh, Aaron Burr, Andrew, <laughs> Aaron Burbridge. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, 6'1", senior, uh, 80 catches on the year, played in a lot of big games, 1,209 yards receiving, seven touchdowns. He's their, he's their threat on the outside that Alabama's going to have to focus on. Our podcast is 52 minutes right now. Do you want to do something, bro? Um, you want to do it quick? All right, let's do it. What's another two minutes? Yeah, no, no music. Let's just go right into it, Sam. Let's let's just go straight into it. Um, I have my question ready. So do I. Um, I'll go first. Okay. Clemson won its last national championship in 1981. It's first and only in the Orange Bowl, full circle, against Nebraska. Who was the head coach for the Tigers in that game? Choices are Danny Ford, Ken Hatfield, Frank Howard, or Red Parker. Frank Howard. Nope. I knew you would go for that one. Danny Ford. Danny Ford. Come on, you've heard of Danny Ford and Frank Howard. Yeah, but I, whatever. <sighs> All right. After, this is a little shout-out to Araldus Chapman, big strikeout guy. Okay. So the question is based on him. Uh, which team's bullpen holds the all-time record for strikeouts in one season? Obviously, Kansas City Royals have had that great bullpen with those big power yep. arms the last two years. So the 2014 Kansas City Royals, the 2015 Kansas City Royals, the 1992 Blue Jays, or the 2015 Yankees? What's the 2015 Yankees? Um, 2014 Royals. The 2015 Yankees would be the answer with 596. They the most strikeouts in the league history? Which team's bullpen holds the all-time record for strikeouts in one season? Huh. The New York Yankees? I mean, they did have Andrew Miller and Batanzas back there. Yeah, but Miller wasn't there for the whole year. No. Wow. All right. Well, we're both stumped. We are. Kind of a whimper to end 2015 there. Yeah, well, hey, our next podcast will be in 2016, and for this for this show, we'll talk about uh, the college football games and NFL playoffs and whatnot, but one of the segments we're going to do is Sam and I are going to give three 2016 headliners, something that's going to happen, and it's going to be more than just, you know, the Golden State Warriors repeat as NBA champions. It's going to be thick, in-depth, something that you probably never thought of, uh, something like that, uh, so we're looking forward to that uh, for the next podcast. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Mic drop. Final one of 2015. Hit the water bottle. 
you can listen to us off the Nico Empire. I'll be posting this on the Facebook and Twitter page. You already know that because you're already listening. Um, but thank you for listening for all of 2015. Have a happy new year, and we will see you next year.